here with the power hub and you are watching at the hub I'm really really excited because I say this a lot but I have a friend here today and we're actually gonna talk politics we're gonna talk some current events and issues going on today so without further ado Alex Heathcock welcome thank you I'm, I'm so happy excited. to be here yeah, we've been talking about this for a while yeah so I finally got you here um, we met about what last summer I think um it would have been like eight or nine months almost a year because it was wow. January or February yeah. the program started so um Alex and I met um we entered a program from the women's foundation called women on the run mm -hmm. very apropos right um and women on the run was a program for women who really want to get into politics may want to run someday and want to learn more about it and why did you particularly join that program well, I've always been passionate about women's issues and women's rights, and I've been looking at ways to get involved with the Women's Foundation of Florida, and I saw that they had this entire training program just built for women to run for office that was nonpartisan, just basically giving, laying out the facts for women. Right. This is what it takes to run for office. This is what you need. And you know what? Here, if we can provide some resources for you along the way, let's definitely do so. And um I definitely, down the line in my career, want to encourage more w women to run for office. So to me, it just seemed like a natural fit. Right. <laughs> and I think the great thing about that program, and I know you'll agree, is we made some amazing friendships. We yes. became friends. <laughs> we, have, we have a large network um, of women who kind of were out for the same reason, to mm -hmm. join that program. And some may never run. Some may feel that their behind-the-scenes yeah. role is, is what they're meant for. Um, but I thought it was an amazing uh, program, especially with everything kind of going on in the world yes. today. So you were the staff uh, assistant to the state director yes. with yeah. for, for uh, a longtime senator here in Florida, Bill Nelson, uh, and but no longer, unfortunately. So I love your story, and that's the whole point of the hub because I want to. Everybody has a story, right? Mm -hmm. And you did definitely did not start out in no. politics. <laughs> that wasn't anything that you were even yeah. thinking of, right? So when you went to college, you studied PR and, and kind of marketing and yeah. stuff like that, mm -hmm. right? And so that is a, I mean, it's not too far-fetched, but it is far-fetched from going from PR to working for a senator, yes. a long-standing senator here in Florida. <laughs> so how did, talk about that transition. How did that come about? Um, and how long were you there? So I've always been involved in the political realm just mm -hmm. by student government in high school. Oh, cool. So um, I, every single year of high school, I was involved in SGA in some way or form. And, but you know, regardless of that though, I still was one of those people that was very apolitical. Um, and I never thought about ever getting into politics. Really? Yeah, yeah, because I was just always very middle of the road. Like, oh, I don't want to talk about politics. Like that's a controversial subject. Yeah, yeah. And, um, then I went to college. I was actually on a journalism public relations track, and I wanted to break into the fashion industry eventually. Mm -hmm. And I started, you know, doing my classwork and um, doing some internship hours. And I just kind of felt I wasn't getting fulfillment from the work I was doing. So wow. 
I talked to a bunch of my friends and family members and they had suggested, oh, hey, you guys, you're great with kids. Why don't you study psychology and work with kids as like a school counselor? Oh, wow. And so I switched my major to that and <laughs> um, again, was not happy with the work I was doing. And um, basically three things happened. I just was not taking care of myself as well. I was not adjusting to college life as well as I thought I was going to. And on top of that, um, I was unhappy with where I thought I was going in my life. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And um, just a bunch of external factors had gone on that, um, yeah, I kind of sunk into a little bit of a depression my second year of school. And oh, my wow. friend and my mentor to me um, at the time noticed. And she called me up one day and she goes, hey, um, you know, I'm a field organizer for Obama for America. This was back in 2012. Um, do you, you want to come help out in the campaign? And I go, Sure. Yeah. And I kind of put her off for a month or so. Um, one day when I finally felt ready to get out of bed and be a normal human, oh, wow. um, I went to the campaign office in Pittsburgh and got a canvassing packet and started knocking on doors. And that was that. And you had you ever done anything like that before? No. And I'm pretty introverted, too. So it was um, very out of my comfort zone to go just up to a stranger's door and knock on it and be like, hi. And talk about politics. That's yeah, another thing. Talk about stuff that like nobody wants to talk about that, you know, it's what religion and politics you're not supposed yeah, to talk exactly. about. And here you go and you said, you know what, I'm going to jump out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And look, but look where it led you. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you had not done that, where you know, you don't know if you didn't take that leap, that jump, where would you be? Yeah. And I'm so happy and I want to thank you for sharing that I think um, depression's a serious issue yeah. in the world that we don't talk about. Like, you know, 20-year-olds 20 year are not allowed to be depressed. Like, that's just BS, right? I mean, you have... Yeah. And I think that it makes so much sen sense because so much pressure is put on you to figure out the rest of your life, right? Yeah, and the thing is, too, is that I think I just wasn't... Um I wasn't at a point in my life, I wasn't mature enough to be able to move away so far away from home and wow. handle living on my own. And I think that that's something that kind of needs to get brought into the conversation more when people are thinking about going to college. Right. You know, maybe people are not always ready to go to college at 18 or 19 years old. And really, it's hard to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life at 50-year-olds don't know Yeah, exactly. what they want to do. So how do you expect a 20-year-old um, to figure that out and then balance your, you're right, uh, moving away from home for the first time yeah. and a full class load and making your bigger decisions. So yeah, I mean, it can be overwhelming and then leading, leading to depression. So I want to thank you for sharing that because a lot of people won't share that. And then that's why things don't get talked about and then mm -hmm. you're ashamed and, and all of that. So get back to, um, you were canvassing. Yes. So is that when you kind of got the bug? I did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just remember watching the debates, um, going to the, you know, I was basically at the Obama um, headquarter office in Pittsburgh quite a bit after wow. that point and um, was really just volunteering on the campaign. And um, I definitely got the bug then, but after the election cycle, I just still went back to my classes in psychology and doing internship hours for um, developmental psych. And wow. again, still wasn't enjoying it. Um, and then about it, but I had been talking to my friends. I go, you know, um, I know you guys suggested I do this one career path, but I'm not passionate about it. I think I want to go study political science and international relations. And actually, a couple of my friends were like, no, you, you don't have the personality cut out for politics. Um, wow. Yeah. And wow, by friends saying that. Yeah. Wow, that's and tough. I kind of, um, back then and even to an extent now, I still... Um, 
I'm, I used to be very dependent on the opinions of other people, what other people mm. thought. And that was kind of the first time I was like, wait a second, but if it makes me happy, why am I listening to them? <laughs> exactly right. I mean, that's the question everybody probably yeah. needs to ask them. Why are you worrying? And I think, you know, Gary Vee talks about this a lot. Yeah. Why are you worrying about somebody who's not even fulfilling their own dreams, telling you about yours and what yeah. you should or shouldn't do? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes, you know, you find something that you like that you never thought you would really like. Mm -hmm. And you didn't think maybe you were the person until you tried it. Yeah. And like, yeah, this is definitely what I want to do. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? So then what did you do to, like, block all that out? And that's hard. Um... Honestly, I had to end a couple of friendships and not just from that situation alone, but from other external factors. I was kind of realizing um, for the first time, like, you know, maybe having an abundance of friends isn't always necessarily the best thing. It's quality. the quality of the friends that are in your life. That's what's important. And I did have to cut a couple of friends out of my life. Um, but also, um, I just kind of, I don't know, I had a gut feeling call it but I just kind of knew this was what got me my fire going right, and right. it was the first time I had really felt passionate about something and I knew I couldn't ignore that right you know? no you can't ignore it I mean you have to listen to your gut instinct and and it's probably it was probably scary too because you like you went for one thing then you were trying another and it just didn't feel right so you probably got frustrated. Yes. Like this is what I'm supposed to do, you know oh, what I mean? Continuously frustrated. Yeah. And there were even a lot of times after I switched my major to poli sci where I really just never thought I was going to get a job in politics that I and mm. I really got down on myself and um, I have to say I'm really thankful to my um, former boss Michelle McGovern because it really was a lot of hard work but also some the right person taking a chance on me that led me to getting my job in Senator Nelson's so office. So we thank Michelle because <laughs> she's here today because she took a, took a chance um, and Michelle McGovern is I mean a lot of things to a lot of people means a lot to, yeah. to people here in, in uh, West Palm Beach. So what exactly did you do um, working for Senator Nelson? And so people? I was Michelle's assistant and also um, Sean Hall's assistant, who was the regional director for um, Palm Beach up through Indian River County, out through Hendry County and Okeechobee County. Um, wow. So Michelle and Sean covered about seven counties. Michelle actually covered the whole state. She wow. was the state director. But um, really, I was just in the office, like keeping the office running, um, doing scheduling for them, writing out correspondence, helping staff Senator Nelson for events. Wow. Um, I really was able to learn a lot through that position. Uh, absolutely. And for people who don't know, I mean, Senator Nelson was a senator for ever. <laughs> I mean, for a really long He definitely dedicated his life, his adult life, I yes. think, to public service. Mm -hmm. um, so what did you, what was the one thing that you learned from there? Oh, man, from I them, learned. from him, from actually now having a job in politics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's very different from studying um, to having it. <laughs> so I learned a lot of things. A lot of things from Michelle, a lot of things from Sean, right. a lot of things from my other coworkers and other staff members, and from Senator Nelson himself. So from Michelle, um, I learned to always use BCC on an email when you uh, are <laughs> including elected officials. They don't tell you that. Here you go. You're getting some that serious was the, tidbits. One of the most important lessons I learned. Wow. Um, but... I also just learned to be energetic and tenacious and how to always communicate effectively with people when you need something done without coming across as, um, you know, being um, rude or anything. Um, yeah, that's hard. Yeah, and 
you know, both my bosses were great com at communicating with me. And um, I learned so much from them on that front. But from Senator Nelson, um, I got the encouragement that if Senator Nelson could go 30 something years in public service without profusely cussing all the time, maybe I could do the same. Um, that's a small feat. Like that's a major feat. Can we just say that? Because it's, I mean, especially, <laughs> and how long did you have, were you there? I was there for a year and seven months. And it just seems like ages ago, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because, I mean, things are very different now, don't yeah. you think? Like, where we're at in just the world and politics. And so the mm -hmm. fact that you learn how to be an effective communicator without belittling somebody, without having to put them down, maybe, yeah. was pro is probably, I would think, your strongest attribute moving forward. Yes. Because... It's really hard being in politics, you know, and you got into it because it was so passionate. It's like you found, like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to do. I found it. Yay, and I'm not 50, you know, yeah. which is fine, too. But, I mean, it's very rare when you get somebody in their 20s that, like, no, this is what I'm meant to do. You yeah. know what I mean? So and um, from Senator Nelson, too, I definitely learned from him that a public office is a public trust. And wow. he repeats that line quite a bit. Yeah. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, I would see people kind of chide him like, you know, we should brag more about your accomplishments and what you have passed and bills you have worked on. And he just goes, nope, that is not what working for the people of Florida is about. Wow. And um, another thing, too, I learned as well is, um, I don't know, just observing Senator Nelson and his wife's um, marriage. I really learned kind of what people should look for and a good, solid partner. They're, they're adorable. Yes. I mean, they really are adorable. And so I just want to say thank you for your service and for Senator thank Nelson you. and everybody there. I mean, that's a long time to yeah. be in public service and to not change. I think a lot of people, it probably maybe change them for the worse, mm -hmm. you know, but he has stayed true. So thank you to everybody. I just want to say that. Yeah. So that's a lot that you accomplished. <laughs> In your mid, honestly, in your twenties, do you feel like you? Does it feel like that? Um. Well, okay. I always joke about. Um, I don't know if you're a fan of the musical Hamilton, oh, but yes, um, I haven't seen it. But yes, yeah. There's there's this line in the show where he goes, "There's a million things I haven't done. Just you wait. Just you wait." And um, there's also another line in the show where um he kind of talks about how he's never satisfied. And I feel like that's kind of always me. And for a while, I always felt like I was kind of running behind other people and I wasn't quite up to par as some of my other friends were. But then I kind of realized everyone has their own timeline and yes. you can't rush your timeline. That's not the point. Um, you just need to go with it and embrace the big question marks in your life and know that something's going to work out in time for you in order for you to have success. You were wise beyond your years. Can I just say that? I don't get that a lot. I'm kidding. Well, you're getting now. It's on film for you. So you can show it to everybody. <laughs> um, you know, and it's it, just listening to you, you know, I think people in their 20s, 30s, in like, you know, late teens get such bad flack. You know, mm -hmm. they get such bad press for either not caring or not getting mm -hmm. involved. And then I listen to you, and honestly, so much of your peer group yeah. around your age group are doing amazing, amazing things. Does it mm -hmm. aggravate you a little bit? Like, Because um, you're also getting left with a lot of the issues, too, long term. Sure thing, but also, if there's going to be a generation that's going to change it, it's going to be my generation. Yes, I do, I do agree. I do agree. Finding different ways to do mm -hmm. things, too, because yes. I think... And correct me if I'm wrong, you know, the things that the way we've been doing things isn't really working, <laughs> you know, yeah. and just maybe being a little bit more innovative and um, communicating a little bit better, yes. I feel is maybe 
your guys' strong suit. Yeah. Um, where, you know, and sticking up for yourselves and sticking up for what you believe is right. Mm -hmm. I mean, after the Parkland shooting, I mean, we're an hour away from Parkland. It's yeah. not that far. I mean, those kids, I mean, immediately stood up for what yes. was right. And now March for Our Lives is a serious thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And those are young teens who were affected and said, no, we're going to do something about it. We're not going to go home and sit. Yeah. Right. So what do you think? I mean, again, does it aggravate you? I mean, when, when you see all your peers and everybody doing these amazing things and marching and, you know, coming together and trying to, um, put a positive spin on things, mm -hmm. you know, does it, does it bother you? Do you think it's um, bad press and fake news? <laughs> I had to say oh, that. God. Um, <laughs> No, I don't think it bothers me, and I don't think it bothers my peers, too, because we're too busy working to be Ooh. paying attention to people complaining. Wow, that's a burn. I really like that. I'm going to have that as a snapshot. <laughs> <No. laughs> um, so what do you think, um, you know, looking back, what do you think is your biggest takeaway from your time so far up until now? Is it just that you just have to be patient and walk through those doors when you're ready? Yes, and also, um, I mean, even right now, um, you know, I'm in the process of starting over looking for a job. And and this I is am, just, I, I do want to take a moment. This is the consequences of elections. Yes. You um, know, and you had a job and now you, you don't, you know? Yeah, and you know what, that is, that's part of politics. Right. You know, you just have to accept it. But um, even while I'm, while I'm looking for a job, um, it's kind of interesting starting back at square one, and um, I'm someone that I love to work, and I love being at yes, work. Yes, you I, do. <laughs> she is always working. She's um, on a board of this and doing this <laughs> and this event, and she's always um, got a smile on her face. I'll tell you that. So, you know, I'm someone that defines myself by my career, and that's not always the best thing. Um, so just learning to embrace the question marks in my life and the <sighs> unknown is something I'm really trying to work on right now. Well, I think you're doing an amazing job. I just want to say. <laughs> Thank you. So let's go off of that. Okay, so we just had an election in Florida mm -hmm. and everywhere. But in Florida, it was a little difficult. Um, but the rest of the country, I mean, it really was a wave of, what, like over 100 women yes. got elected. With, mm -hmm. You know, the Democrats flipped a lot of seats. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of those women were first time in politics, you yes. know, was now. So it was, like, really, really exciting. So... Mm -hmm. And I think that's why the Women on the Run program is so important because there's a lot of us. I mean, yes. nobody in there had really ever. There's a few of us, I think, that had run. Tinu, who will be on, um, mm -hmm. had run before. But I think a lot of women were like, no, I think I need to get involved. How do I do that? Yeah. So f now that you're, you've gone through all this mm -hmm. and a woman comes up to you and says, you know, look, I want to get involved. I don't know how. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I should run. What, what was your first piece of advice to them on where to kind of start? Well, just take a moment and sit down. And um, it doesn't necessarily need to be you figuring out what office you're going to even run for. Just think about what issues are you're passionate about and what are pertinent to you in your life. And what do you maybe have a story over? Um, that's actually how Lucy McBath, um, who just flipped Georgia's sixth congressional district, yep, I believe. Really um, big, yep. Yeah, with, um, from Karen Handel. Um, I think it's, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's how she came about running for office is that she, I'm sure like she didn't think about running, but her son was killed in a shooting right. and that became her driving force right. to affecting policy change. Right. And, and so, the, and there's a lot of those stories of women who just are tired of seeing everything happen in their community, you know, on the TV. And they're saying, no, if it's not going to be you, it's going to be me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're, I think, better communicators personally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, so I think, you know, it, I think, 
you know, we're, they just all got sworn in. I think, are you excited to see them? And I mean, everybody, course, you know, yes. and I mean, you have some really, you know, popular people like Alexandria Court, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, yes. you know, who are making waves in every way possible. And whether or not you agree with her politics or not, I mean, that's somebody who probably a decade ago or maybe two decades ago would have never, mm -hmm. ever gotten into politics or thought she had a opportunity. Yes. You know what I mean? I think about my mom's generation, maybe your parents' generation. That's not something they thought of. Mm -hmm. And I think there's more opportunity for women to be like, no, it's, it's going to start with me, don't you yeah. think? So the other thing that I think is so interesting with you is that, you know, you've worked for a Democratic senator and you've done all these things, but your peer group is very diverse. You yes. don't all believe the same stuff. <laughs> and you don't all agree. Yeah. And I think that's so amazing because um, with the current political state and yes. the discourse and people are afraid to voice or they're not afraid and they're just rude about it, quite frankly, um, how do you keep those friendships? Because, I mean, it, it honestly, I mean, if they voted not in your favor in November, it affected you. It did. And I mean, in that particular race, I admittedly, I am having a hard time kind of reconciling um, my thoughts about losing my job versus, right. you know, my friends, un if unknowingly, actively right. taking right. a role in that. But, you know, I did have a couple of friends approach me after the election. They go, wait, you lose your job because of this? And I go, yes. Um, and they go, why can't, why didn't you say something? And I go, well, I didn't want to say anything because that would have influenced your vote. Wow. And you should have voted genuinely what you felt who you felt was the best candidate even if it I don't agree with it you know wow wow Alex that's that's got to be hard it has been a I mean it is it's rough. just a yeah. reality of, of how hard it's probably it is know? um and definitely going forward I would like to um work for members who my friends don't directly have to vote for and directly <laughs> Influence my job. Am mm. <laughs> I hearing national in my in my head here from you? You're going. She's, she's going to um, do amazing things. I do oh, know thank that. You. I do know that. I'm so proud of you and everything you're um, doing. But really, though, I mean, it's a little bit different for me because I did grow up in a very conservative household. Um, my mom calls me the blue sheep of the family. Actually, wow, yeah, um, that's not a, a bad thing. No. I mean, you know. Um, and I always say that it's a good lesson in diplomacy at the dinner table every single night, um, even if I don't necessarily agree with my other family members. Yeah. Um, you know, you just have to be willing to put yourself in another person's shoes, always be willing to listen, and yeah, accept the fact that you're not going to agree on everything and you're most likely not going to change another person's mind. Um, true. They have to experience it for themselves in order for them to change their opinion on something. That's so but true. That's so true. With that being said, um, as a Democrat, you cannot strategize and and win against Republicans unless you come to understand Republicans and why they vote the way that they vote, which is why I think it's important to spend time conversing with people that don't disagree, that don't agree with you and stretching your mind, kind of stretching your perceptive of them, right. your perception of things. And really, those are the conversations you tend to grow the most from, even if you don't necessarily agree. Right. With right. Because you're learning and you get your and, and this is the whole reason for why the hub exists, because you're understanding where that person came from and why they made the choices that they made and kind of carried them where they're at in life. Yeah, exactly. And the more you understand somebody, you can have a common ground in something. Exactly. You know, you may not agree on everything, but you can find one or two things. You know, everybody, if you have a kid, you worry about that kid's education. Yeah. You know, you worry about health care. There's certain things that you you may not agree on how to go about it, but you agree that they may be issues. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And 
And um, I mean, another thing too is um, always start at the local level with local issues because um, they affect us more. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican when it comes to zoning issues. Yeah, you know? if it's gonna um, <laughs> if it's gonna you know butt up against your house, you know a new place, yeah. you know that's gonna affect your property value. Yeah. I mean, you're, Regardless you're gonna worry. Of, yeah, so um, I always like to start off with telling people if you want to talk to someone you don't agree with and you don't know how, just always start with the local issues and even then. Um, ways I'm able to find common ground with my parents. Um, right. The algae bloom issue up in Stewart, and then also um, education, right. public education. Um, my parents are very fiscally conservative, but my mom will always vote for a 1% tax, like a 1% tax raise or anything, as long as it directly funds public schools. Oh, that's, and that's smart. You yeah. know, that they're obviously thinking of, of where that money's going. Yeah, I mean, the thing is people, say they're an R or a D, but really I think most people exist somewhere in the middle or somewhere in the middle towards the yeah, left or right. right. Um, but yeah, I mean, really it just is a matter of sitting down and talking to someone to figure out what they're about and what they believe in. And you'll you'll make you it through. Be. You'll make it through. You'll yeah. get through it, I promise. If you if you have good intentions, you'll get through it. Exactly. What do you think right now is our biggest issue? We're in a shutdown still when this is being taped. <laughs> I mean, but what do you think, uh, do you, I mean, is it, you know, I, I think people get very stressed out. It's like it's voter suppression, it's schools, it's healthcare, it's well, this, it's that. For someone my age, um, Definitely education is very prevalent right now, especially as we kind of see um, just kind of the, you know, dismemberment of our public school system mm -hmm. and um, a more of a focus on charter schools. And I can't necessarily, I, I support public school. I can't necessarily say um, charter schools are better or public schools better because I don't have kids that are right. enrolling in either right. programs. But um, you know, down the line, if I want a family, that is something that's going to be very prevalent to me. And even right now, um, public education, but also being able to afford said education and paying off my student loans. <laughs> and, and, you know, I know people in their 40s that are still paying off their student loans. Mm -hmm. You know, they went to graduate school and all this. And so that I agree with you. I think that's huge because we expect people to do well and go to school and all this. Yes. We don't really make it as accessible and affordable to do that I think yes and then another issue especially prevalent I think in South Florida and in Palm Beach County is going to be affordable housing for my yes generation. <laughs> yes um, for sure yeah I mean and that's I, a common ground I think that anybody can really look at the issue and say yeah these are issues how do we exactly fix them, no matter what side and, of the aisle you're on well another thing is too is that um especially in Palm Beach County I feel like we just need to be better about ushering in um industry and those businesses that right. are going to want to make young people move down here more right because you know we have the weather we have so many nightlife. amazing we things here we have so here. many things going yeah. but even my friends up north, um, they just go, well, there's not really a draw for me to move to South Florida because a lot of headquarters for corporations aren't there or there aren't a lot of companies there that are hiring on young people. Um, and I think we definitely need a lot more innovation in the area. Right, absolutely. Um, so where do you see yourself in like five, ten years? Oh That's such a hard God. thing to answer, I know. But yeah. Um, you've got such a bright future, so. Thank you. Yeah. So five to ten years, um, I am studying, I'm finishing up my bachelor's degree at Florida International University, doing international relations and political science with a focus in Latin American studies. And my two focus areas are Cuba and Venezuela. So I would love to be doing legislative work down the line in foreign policy, especially pertaining to Latin American countries. Mm. Um, but. Yeah, I could also see myself going into government relations for the right corporation um, or just nonprofit. I definitely can see myself going into a nonprofit down the line, actually. But yeah. um, 
honestly, I'm just open to whatever in the political realm um, yeah. is there for me. Would you ever run? <laughs> As we end this, I, I'm going to come um, <laughs> No, I wouldn't run, but I, that shouldn't discourage other women from considering it. I choose not to run because I'm an introvert at heart. I like having my privacy. Mm. I can't be on all the time. And just seeing people run for office, I know it's not the given path for me, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not the given path for other right. women. Right, but it's something they should definitely understand, that that's yes. part of it, that yes. they're going to lose some of that for sure, yeah. right? Thank you so much. I'm First of all, I'm so proud of you and everything that you're doing and accomplishing. This girl has an amazing uh, future ahead of her, so watch out. Thank you. So, Alex, thank you so much. I'm really excited. Alex is actually going to come back, and as current events are kind of coming up, she's going to come back, and we're going to talk about it, and we'll bring other people on, so definitely stay tuned. And thank you again for coming on The Hub. Thank you so much for having I'm me. I'm so excited. So, all right, guys, see you next time. Bye. <laughs>